Hello, everyone, and welcome to Poor Man's Lore, Episode 9. Today we have the conclusion of the Phyrexian arc. Uh, The only bits we had left were two side stories and two main stories. Last, I made an episode. The two side stories were released first on Monday of this week, and uh, the two main stories were released on Tuesday. So, the ones that were released on Monday, the side stories, uh, I'm going to talk about them briefly because, frankly, I think the stories were pretty mid. Uh, We had one set on Nuka Pena and one set on Zendikar. I read all of the Zendikar one, and I read most of the Nuka Pena one, and I'll just give brief uh, descriptions because, uh, honestly, the writing was nothing terribly special on the Zendikar one. Uh, I, just being honest, I really was not all that impressed with the Zendikar stories, uh, in really any way. I feel like the natural conclusion there would have been for Soren to finally go back to Zendikar to defend that plane, you know, seeing that Innistrad already has, I mean, what we saw of it was Gisa and Garalf, but I mean, in terms of Planeswalker defenders, Arlen, you know, can hold down Innistrad, um, so I don't know. I was hoping that Soren would show up. I was hoping for a vindication to that whole, you know, Soren versus Nahiri thing, right? Their, their long fight that they've been having, but we didn't get any of that. So, um, essentially what we got was a, it was just like an adventuring party, which I guess is, you know, I, I wonder if I wondered, I should say while I was reading it, if, you know, maybe it just wasn't my kind of story. Um, it seemed like, I mean, when they when they originally created the world of Zendikar, when Wizards of the Coast originally, like, concepted that world, they concepted it after, you know, it's the adventure plane, I think, you know, inspired by Dungeons & Dragons, which has never really been, like, fully my thing. I mean, I've played Dungeons & Dragons before um, in, you know, like, I did a Star Wars campaign that was really fun. I tried to get a Theros campaign going with a couple friends, and... I don't know, it's just that the game, to me, has never been as interesting or, or, you know, fun as magic, right? Magic is my bread and butter, it's what I enjoy, it's my hobby, so, uh, I don't know, maybe I thought the story just wasn't for me, but kind of seeing some broader reaction to it, I think most people kind of agree, just a kind of mid-story, nothing really exciting happens, we have Akiri, Tazri, Aura, and uh, another one, uh, Linvala, just kind of like name drop soup, and they try to face off against the Phyrexians, doesn't really work, they fall back, they see, oh no, Nyssa has basically made a core Death Star that they have to go and invade and try and kill uh, Nahiri, and, you know, it's just, it's not really all that convincing, it's not really all that compelling, like, Okay, they save her, I guess, with, like, Halo, feels very, like, Deus Ex Machina-y. And then I guess the way it ends is Nahiri, the Lithomancer, is trapped under a bunch of stone. So I'm sure that won't be a problem. And, you know, a bit of a spoiler for what lies ahead, that's where Nahiri's story ends. I will say, I mean... You know, a brief note on this, like, it's impossible to tell this story... Uh, I think they did do a good job overall, but it's not perfect. It has its spots where I'm not completely satisfied with the ending. 
but I want to try and do the uh, summary of what happened first and then kind of reflect on some of my gripes and things going forward. So that was the first side story out of the way. Honestly, read it if you want to. Not much there. I think maybe they put these side stories here uh, in a meta context of I think they maybe knew they were weaker and put them right before the finale. I feel like if you if you have to have two weak stories, they put them in pretty much the perfect spot uh, right before the big climax after a bunch of great stories. So unfortunately, a little disappointing there. Next up, we have the Nuka Pena story. Kind of similar, but better writing, I guess. Um, long. I will say the Zendikar one, pretty short. I don't mind that particularly, but when there's not much substance to it, it feels like cheap. Um, the the Nuka Pena story, similar thing, name drop soup. Uh, we get to see Errant and Parnese continuing the theme of this story, uh, just being full of lesbian power couples, which, you know, good for wizards, finally embracing that, uh, you know, kind of another spoiler there, but, uh, they finally got, you know, make good on Chandra being, you know, not into decidedly male and we'll, we'll talk about that, but, uh, we get to see that wedding occur. We get to see Perry and uh, I don't know, a bunch of, a bunch of fucking new Capenna characters that I don't, really care about as deeply as I do other planes, you know? It's not Nuka Pena's fault, it's just that is the reality of the situation. I don't care as much. Uh, we we get to hang out with them, they take out Atraxa by, like, blowing up Nuka Pena, or at least part of it. Park Heights falls, like, the real opulent part falls. It'll be interesting to see what they do with the plane. I'm just not as invested in that as I am, like, Theros, for example, which did not get a side story, which is one of my major gripes. Sorry, I'm kind of being all over the place right now, trying to do synopsis mode. But, you know, the context matters. So, yeah, I mean, that's basically it. Like, the they they have a small victory, and then the big thing is that the angels of New Capenna go off to help aid in the fight for the multiverse on... Uh, I guess, well, they do... I mean, it flows pretty nicely into episode nine, so let's just do episode nine. Uh, episode nine, we see Giada, who is one of the younger angels. Uh, I do actually like Giada as a character from New Capenna. And we see her going through with the other angels. Unfortunately, she's too young and like newly formed to fight, but she is there with her angel sisters. We see them go to Theros basically so we can just watch Kaya kill Heliod, which she does. Um, so, you know, hopefully, I, just, I hope Theros has a card presence, at least. Theros is my favorite plane, um, if that's not evident enough. And I'm a little upset that they, we didn't... I'm upset, but I'm also relieved, because I'm, I'm upset because I want to see it, but I'm also relieved because I guess, like, you know, if they completed Crufix, who's my favorite character, uh, that would have been notable, and I think we would have... We would have definitely gotten a picture of that if we if that were to have happened. So I'm going to assume he's okay. So that's, I guess, good. But then after they take their little stop on Theros to kill Heliod, which cool on, you know, good on Kaya for killing Heliod in like a paragraph. That was that was pretty sick. I'll, I'll give her that one. That was cool. But then 
we go to New Phyrexia. And we basically see the clash of Zalfir and New Phyrexia. In, you know, in a summary, we see Zalfir kick New Phyrexia's ass. The major highlights of it, uh, the three praetors that are left, Norn, Jingataxis, and Vorinclex are all there. Vorinclex has a fun moment. I, I don't know the sequencing of all this, but I mean, fill it in where it makes sense. I think this was first. Vorinclex has a moment where he jumps to try and kill Teferi, who's kind of at, like, an observation point, calling out, like, he's like the war leader of Zalfir, and he's at a vantage point calling out, uh, you know, what to do while surrounding himself in a slow time bubble, which Vorinclex jumps right into, and then gets stuck in, and then, you know, Teferi's uh, focus falters for a brief moment, or something something happens that makes the slow time bubble like you know pop for a brief minute and Vorinclex gets on top of him and he literally fucking says look behind you and then Vorinclex does cuz Vorinclex is a big dumb idiot and then Elspeth stabs him and he dies so Vorinclex dead but you know what a good puppy he is you know good for Vorinclex uh we get to see some Phyrexian infighting cuz there's there can never be enough of that Basically, we see Norn pretty battered at this point uh, go up against Jenga Taxis, who it seems like has been biding his time, waiting for a moment to strike, and thinks, yeah, now's good. So he comes up, and I mean, he does some damage, but, like, it's not enough to swing the tide or anything. Ultimately, we see Elish Norn get cut down by, you know, warriors, and we see Jenga Taxis get slain by a named, but... Oh, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, that could be a, a legendary card in the... What is clearly now the Knight's uh, Commander Precon is definitely Zalfir uh, designed. So that'll be cool to get, like, a Zalfir deck. Um, but we, we see Jenga Taxis just get struck down. Um, I'm pretty sure he's dead. I mean, I, I can't remember if it was explicitly stated that he's dead, but, like, you know, narratively... He's, he's probably, I mean, he's dead. Let's just, let's just say he's dead. Um, essentially we then see Phyrexia is pretty much done. Zalfir retreats, Phyrexia gets its couple last licks in, and we see the Mirans are going to flee to, uh, Zalfir because Ren is switching the places of Zalfir and New Phyrexia. So New Phyrexia is going to be phased basically out of the universe, and Zalfir is going to be put in its place. So Zalfir is its own plane now, which is really cool because we might eventually get like a African inspired like science fantasy, you know, kind of similar to like Wakanda, you know, it would be really cool to see Magic's version of that. It just seems like a very, you know, lively and vibrant and colorful plane which is going to be important for the future of Magic, I think, pretty certainly. And it'll be nice to see that where it doesn't have to, like, get crammed into a Dominaria return, because there's just... It, Dominaria is impossibly huge, so glad that Zalfir is getting the breathing room that it needs. Uh, we see, basically, all the survivors retreat back to Zalfir, but not before Karn. From his point of view, we get this... Uh, Decides it's time to face the music and goes up and 
kills Elishnorn, basically dismantles her with his, uh, like, metal telekinesis magic. Uh, very satisfying, really great piece of art where we see Elishnorn's head crumbling and Karn holding her aloft. That's basically episode nine. Uh, so basically, New Phyrexia has been defeated, and we turn our attention to Zalfir from here on out. And that's most of episode 10. Episode 10, it doesn't start right out with Zalfir. We get to see a couple little slice of life to, you know, tie up a couple loose ends here. We start on Kamigawa, where we see, I guess, here's, I mean, it's one of my gripes. I love Tamiyo as a character. I wish that they did not kill her, but I guess that's what we're doing, at least to some of the completed walkers. I think if there were any walker that was a good candidate for saving, it would have been Tamio, but alas, we have, like, ghost Tamio now. I mean, it's fine, because we're for sure gonna go back to Kamigawa, and we're gonna figure it out when we do that. For now, it's okay. She's with her family, and she's not killing people anymore, so I need to just be grateful that I got that, and, like, she didn't get fucking Lucud. So, anyway. Uh, she's fine. She's with her family again. Then we go to Kaldheim. We get a very tense moment where, from Harald's point of view, we get to see if uh, Tyvar comes back from his diving into the ocean to kill, I mean, what I thought was Coma, but now it's seeming like maybe just a Phyrexianized sea serpent. Who knows? Uh, but he does eventually emerge, and he's okay, thank God. If this arc did one good thing, it's make me appreciate what an amazing character Tyvar Kell is. I love Tyvar Kell. I really hope we get more of him. It doesn't have to be in Kaldheim. It can just be, like, you know, any battle, really, which we'll have plenty of. So then we get to see Pia Nalar. Basically, we see that she's fine. You know, she was falling out of the sky last we saw her out of, like, a kind of crammed together airplane. She's fine. Thank God. She kind of says a little prayer to to Chandra saying, you know, thank you for your part in whatever is happening right now, where basically Phyrexia is falling apart. It's kind of like a kill the king and they all fall or, you know, that kind of trope that you, you, you kill Elish Norn, they all start crumbling. So then we are back on Zalfir we see Teferi mourning the loss of Ren. I should notice, uh, or not notice, I should note, rather, as he was leaving New Phyrexia, he looked to Ren and was sad for the sacrifice that Ren made, but then sees in the ash of everything an acorn. So I'm sure that we'll get a Ren eventually again someday, but it might be a while. It might be when we go back to Zalfir and actually see that as a set fleshed out, which could genuinely be years, but it's kind of like a Guardians of the Galaxy moment where we are going to get, like, baby Groot, but it's baby Ren. Uh, so, you know, I'm I'm feeling mostly okay with that resolution. I did really like Ren as a character, but, like, narratively... Where the fuck do you go from there? Like, what's Nine gonna be that is, like, a step up from the literal world tree that allowed you to switch the places of two planes? I think this is a great way to continue her character, where it makes sense. Uh, it is it is a loss uh, not to have Ren in the story, but truly Ren is the hero of this story. If I were to pick one, you know, MVP, so to speak, it's Ren. Uh, because putting 
New Phyrexia, where Mirrodin was, in some sense, it's a timeout, like Emrakul in the Moon, or like Bolas in the Meditation Realm, but I guess now is a good time to talk about, you know, the meta context. Well, no, I should wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to do all the summary first, but we'll we'll come back to that. Um, we see, basically, Teferi planting in a place where Ren would really like the acorn, where Ren will grow, has a, a brief reflection with Ren, and then thinks, yeah, I probably ought to join the others. I should note that it does say, specifically, this will be a nice spot for Ren to grow until she wants to get up and walk around again. Ren being a dryad, I'm sure this is probably possible and entirely where this is going. Let's all hope. But then Teferi does join the others. We get Koth, Karn, it's a lot of Ks in this group, Kaya and Chandra, and then obviously Teferi. And we see, uh, you know, an infirmary, Teferi talking to folks in the infirmary, and then we see... Uh, in the battle, I should have noted. I should have noted this in episode nine. But in the battle, we specifically see when Zalfir and soldiers about to strike down a Johnny. Teferi has the instinct to say no, take him alive, and then they freeze him. So okay, fine. We get to see a Johnny and Nissa still in their completed states, but not harming anyone and asleep. So okay. Um. We then see Malira is also there, gravely injured, basically got stabbed through the abdomen. That's one you don't typically come back from. Even if you're immortal to Phoresis, you can still be ripped apart. Uh, and we see her say, hey, you know, guys, um, I'm probably dying here, and I have an idea of how to save Nyssa and Ajani. So that's what the group decides to do. And then we see Karn, or not Karn, uh, Koth go off on his own and talk to Elspeth, who's just, I guess, standing in a tree. Elspeth being a little weird here, uh, I guess, as a result of her being angelic now. Uh, you know, it's it's a kind of a weird state, but I guess it's also fine to have, like, quintessential white, you know, angel planeswalker you know, it's it's like the being a pure white mana that complains walk around. She's basically Sarah. I think it's a good role. I think it's a necessary role. Narratively, her arc is probably kind of over, though. That's fine. Let the girl rest. We see Koth go over to her and say, like, hey, this is kind of bullshit. And she's like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, the plan that the others have concocted, where basically Malira is going to use her dying strength and you know, knowledge of how to at least stop the spread of Phyrexianization. And Karn is going to use some idea that Venser had before he died, apparently, which I knew nothing about, but hey, maybe this is like a throwback. Karn is going to, well, I guess uh, Malira is going to, the plan is, Malira is going to stop the infection from spreading. Karn is going to take both Nyssa and Ajani's spark out, use his spark, Karn's spark, to clean a Johnny and Nissa's spark and then pop them back in. They do that. Teferi does all of, you know, helps with all of this by facilitating a slow time bubble around all of this happening. And then uh, it it goes fine for a Johnny. It goes okay, but something goes wrong for Nissa, but ultimately she's fine. Malira dies. Karn gives up his spark. He's no longer a planeswalker, so I guess he's in retirement. 
and a Johnny wakes up briefly to go, you know, whoa, where am I? And then he falls back to sleep. Uh, we see Chandra sobbing over Nyssa, thinking it didn't work because there was some kind of nonsense that wasn't working with Nyssa's spark. And then we see that it did work okay, and Nyssa does get up and give Chandra a hug, and they cry together, and then ultimately the arc ends in uh, a way that is a glaring contradiction to the last mega arc that we had in a very satisfying way. Chandra and Nyssa finally kiss, which is great. Um, It's nice to see them do that, and for wizards to go back on the whole decidedly male thing. Uh, For those of you that might not be aware, Chandra and Nyssa were in a relationship for a while, a number of years. Uh, And then in War of the Spark, for whatever reason, Greg Weissman in his novel decided to say, no, actually, Chandra didn't ever love Nyssa, and that was very gay and wrong of her, and she actually really likes big beefcake men like Gideon, who she had a big crush on. When in reality, Chandra is a queer character, and Gideon was like a brother to her. So kind of shitty of Greg Weissman to come in and retcon that. But there was some, like, meta context to that of, like, well, maybe, like, they're trying to expand into other places where, like, being gay isn't okay. And when I say they, I mean magic as a company. Uh, And it seems like they have at least now finally, firmly said, nope, Chandra's gay, Nyssa is gay, uh, and we're not retconning that. So good for the world in that respect. Now my uh, gripes with the arc, shall we? To start off, uh, one of the biggest uh, biggest gripes I have, really, is that there was no Theros side story. And I will say, like, overall, this arc is very good. Overall, I think, with the exception of, like, the Zendikar side story and the New Capenna side story pretty close to perfect, um, you know, with a couple things at the end that, you know, the only thing that would have solved most of these gripes is more room for story in a setting where we already got almost double the story we normally do, and we're still, I should say, getting ten more stories with Aftermath, so maybe they make good on some of this. Totally possible. Uh, but I would have liked to have seen a Thero side story where we get to see a completed... Brimaz, because it looks like the Phyrexian commander deck is helmed by a completed Brimaz, who was Ajani's uh, friend, at least, possibly lover, kind of implied, maybe. Um, I would have liked to see more storytelling on Theros. It's my favorite plane. Perhaps I'm biased, but I think I've seen others echo this sentiment online. Um, massive big, scary thing they left wide open, Jace never shows up. Where the fuck is Jace? Where the fuck is Nyssa? The fact that they're missing is enough of a gaping hole that this narratively doesn't feel finished to me. Now, you have Phyrexia, for the most part, dealt with, and they kind of talk about how the oil is, for the most part, dealt with, but I think that's open to interpretation, because... They're saying, like, well, I think the oil is basically useless now because 
it's like, you know, a hive of bees without its queen, you know, without Elishnorn to give commands through the oil, it might just be inert. But, I mean, I think Jace is probably powerful enough to command that oil, and hey, maybe him and Vraska are gonna pop up on Ixalan as pirates and retire. God, I would love that, but I kinda doubt it. Uh, I hope that he's not going to be, but I fear he will be, the next big bad. Uh, which, that's fully open to, uh, exploration of who the next big bad is gonna be, so that'll be fun to see that develop, because we, seems like we're doing things in five-year arcs now, so will be fun to see how that goes. Uh, but I kinda wish we had seen more of Jace rather than just, like, I mean, you could argue that Wizards maybe knows exactly what they're doing with Jace, but I think if you kind of think about it for a second, sometimes Wizards leaves things really vague and thinks, ah, we'll come back to that later. And that doesn't always lead to the best execution. I kind of feel like that's what they've done here. So I really wish we got to see Jace. I do like that we got to see Veraska. That story was really good. Um, I guess, you know, a couple things we can probably rule out since Jace didn't really get brought up and no one talked about it. Like, I was thinking for a while there, maybe Jace went to go complete Vryn, and that would be a big thing. Like, the Mage Ring Network getting Phyrexianized, um, Jace's home plane, we don't know much about it, but Vryn is his home plane. I don't know, I was thinking maybe that would be something, but heck, maybe that can still be something where... He goes to Vryn and sets up, like, Nunu Phyrexia, and then uses the Mage Ring Network, which we just know is a bunch of rings. Uh, it might just be a visual motif, might be a super powerful weapon to turn Phyrexia into a threat again. Who knows? Uh, we're not going to know the answer to that today. It's a little unsatisfying, but ultimately, it's, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I wish we had gotten to see Jace. We're not going to today. Um... I think, you know, talking about Death Count for a little bit, kind of comparing and contrasting with War of the Spark, we got more characters perma-killed than in War of the Spark, right? War of the Spark brought us Gideon, Dak, and Domery, I think, and most of those were off-screen. So, you know, Luca, dead, dead. I mean, you can't even really say, like, a lot of the characters are dead dead. Like, I guess the Praetors are probably dead dead, and I think that's for the best. But they're not, like, Planeswalker characters. Like, Nahiri is probably just bound up in some stone. They can definitely bring her back whenever they want. Maybe, you know, heal her, maybe not. They kind of hinted at that when Malira was sacrificing herself and saying, like, well, you know, I'm going to sacrifice myself, but maybe down the road people will find a way to do it without me. Heck, maybe that's waiting in Aftermath. I don't know. It doesn't seem that cut and dry. So character deaths, I think they did okay on. Uh, I'm sad that Tamio didn't get to just live. Uh, but, you know, maybe it's more cathartic that she doesn't because it's going to be really fucking hard to watch a Johnny and Nyssa walk around like that. And genuinely, like, they committed atrocities. Yes, it was under the influence of Phyrexia, but, like, they committed fucking war crimes. Like, they committed genocide, basically. Like, it'll be interesting to see how they deal with that. I don't know how a Johnny would ever deal with that, but, I mean, he killed Jaya. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see. I don't know. I kinda hope that, you know, they struggle with it, but, like, right now, I'm mad at a Johnny. I'm mad at Nyssa. Fuck them. They're bad people. 
you know, yeah, New Phyrexia, it's their fault ultimately, but I don't know. It, it's tough. They're both victims and they're perpetrators, so I don't know. Um, I guess the, the thing I do like about this arc that I like more than, like, War of the Spark, right? So, like, War of the Spark ends with Bolus imprisoned in the meditation realm with Ugin there to watch him and uh, probably won't, you know, be anything... Until they need Bolas again, which they for sure will. And, to you know, to note, Jace knew Bolas was there. Maybe that's where Jace went. Maybe they're going to bring Bolas back. I don't know, because all they did was took away his name, which I guess is the source of all his power. So all it takes is Jace to just walk in there and slide him a fucking sticky note saying, FYI, your name is Nickel Bolas. Once he realizes that, like... Who knows what Bolas could do if he gets out, but I, I don't know. I'm not as scared of Bolas. I'm genuinely terrified of Phyrexia. It's kind of awful. Bolas, I don't know, we'll, we'll come around to doing something about him, but he's not he's not an existential threat. People love Bolas, though, so maybe they'll bring him back. I'd be fine if he was the next big bad, whatever. But, you know, Tamio kind of, like, quote-unquote, imprisoned Emmercool in the moon. Emmercool imprisoned herself in the moon. Uh, you know, they burned away the physical manifestations of the other Eldrazi on the other planes. I feel like that one, pretty open whenever they want the Eldrazi to return. I feel like I remember hearing someone say that they saw a leak that the Eldrazi were coming back, but, like, I never saw that, so I can't quite vouch for it. Uh, they could be the next big bad, but, you know, both Bolas and the Eldrazi feel pretty much like they can crop back up at any time. I feel like Phyrexia as a whole... Uh, Elish Norn, certainly, the Praetors, feel pretty dead to me. So I'm happy for that, because they've been switched with Zalfir, which has been wholly absent from the story for a long time. Hey, maybe Elish Norn, you know, thrives and, you know, comes back and develops into a threat on New Phyrexia, but they can't, like, escape. I don't know, people, I don't know how they would ever bring that back. I guess it's possible, anything's possible, but you'd need someone as strong as, like, Ren and Realmbreaker again to, like, to bring back New Phyrexia, which I just don't see them doing. So, I feel pretty satisfied in that regard. It feels pretty open and shut. Also, I should mention the Suns left uh, New Phyrexia and went to uh, Zalfir, so I guess that has a role to play with how the Praetors developed and all that, so hopefully that's just a threat that is no more. But, I, I think, you know, going on with my other, my other gripes, I, you know, just a couple more. Honestly, my last gripe is I just want more story. It's, that's it. I just want more story. I just want to know what happens. Like, hey, maybe... Jace did find a way to whisk himself away with Vraska, and it's all going to be okay, and he's going to cure himself and Vraska. I don't know, but I just want to know more now, and I want to see cards from this set. That'll be that'll be Wednesday that cards come out. So it's currently Tuesday. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I want more story. Uh, so I guess you know that's that's March of the Machine. That's the arc. I think. Hey, we did all right. I got like what four or five episodes out on this. It was not the, you know, one a day. I think that would have added up to like nine that I promised. But I think that was an over ambitious goal. Anyway, let me know what you think. Hopefully you liked it. 
uh, please, you know, like, share, subscribe, follow, all of those things. They're all helpful and important. I'm going to be launching a Patreon one of these days. Keep an eye out for it. It might be in the description of this one. Who knows? If you want to toss me a couple bucks on there, you would be a big contributor to actually keeping this thing going. I'd really appreciate it. So, anyway, that's about it for me. Thank you so much for listening to Poor Man's Lore. Tell your friends, and I'll see you when they do something else story significant, I guess. I'll definitely do episodes on Aftermath, Ixalan, Nextel Drain, anytime we get story, but in the meantime, I got some other projects I'm going to be cooking on. Uh, I really want to do something special for Crewfix's Insight, which I think is probably one of the best magic stories maybe ever. I don't know. I'll see you on the next one. Might be a bit, might not. Everyone have a good one. Bye-bye.